Hey everybody, thanks for hanging out with me for just a couple of minutes. Here, our focus is being better and healthier than yesterday. Are you better? Are you healthier than you were yesterday? Here, we don't compare ourselves to him or to her. We compare ourselves to who we were yesterday. Self-improvement has no end. Health has no finish line. There are lifelong journeys where we take it one day at a time, and here we do it together. So let's do this. Before I get into the main content, if you want to get in contact with me, email and Instagram are the best ways to get in contact. Email me at benpagedc at gmail.com and on Instagram, benpagedc. And if you listen to this, go to Instagram, tag me on the episode, and I'll tag you right back and we get to know each other. I love to get to know the community and I would love to get to know you. So let's get on to the main content. All right, we have uh, an excellent guest that I've been wanting to get on for quite a while. So welcome to the Wellness Farmer podcast. This is not a solo show. I got a guest on and we're going to be talking about some stuff that's really important. So the guest today, of course, he's going to give us a little, a little, uh, his, a little introduction of how he got to where he is today, that winding road of, of how we live our life. And our guest today is, is Lucas Aaron. Um, I've been following him quite a while now trying to improve my strength and my flexibility and and that's what we're going to be talking about today we're going to be talking about how we can improve our strength and our flexibility through using our bodies and other things to help us in, improve our overall health but again uh lucas thanks a ton for coming on can you kind of give your just your little your little intro of how you got to where you are today and then we'll jump into the main topic yeah for sure thanks for having me on uh so yeah my name is uh, Lucas, and uh, I am a coach, health and wellness and strength and flexibility, whatever you want to put the umbrella under. It's uh, I've been doing this for a long time now, and along the way, um, my journey was disrupted by a, a bicep injury, um, and when that occurred at that time, I was heavily focused in the sport of powerlifting. And as a coach and practitioner, that was where my focus lied in strength training and um, a bit more of a limited practice. And I found myself at this crossroads where there was so much more that I hadn't learned. And one of the primary primary things was flexibility. Um, so that led me on this journey to understand that component of um, fitness better to understand, you know, is this a genetic thing or is this something that you can improve upon at any age in life? And if you're going to do that, how should those steps occur and what should happen and what's the process? And everything that you see now on my business side of things, which is range of strength. So my coaching um, services are offered under that name. Uh, basically, it comes back around to how we can develop uh, strength in a variety of ways that improves our capacity to uh, improve flexibility, uh, move our spine. And basically, yeah, I guess it's kind of like an upgraded look or an upgraded lens on approaching your strength training. And I think there's a lot of people in the world that are looking for that, you know, when it does come to strength training as a practice or something that you maybe feel connected to, or maybe you had past experiences with, 
um, there's often this very competitive side to it where it's like you only strength training if you're doing, you know, something really grand and great, but strength training to improve movement capacities and your flexibility is something I think that I try to promote a little bit more through um, my own practice and through the students that I help. And yeah, that's a little bit of a summarization there. Of how you got to where you are and what that you were talking about genetics and if it's possible that anyone can reach this that's actually i would like what are your thoughts on that have you seen that it doesn't matter who you are male female tight flexible is it possible that pretty much anyone can reach a certain goal in flexibility or have you found that it some people just don't reach it well I, I, one of the things that i was often uh, compared to with that thought process is like, can anyone do the splits? Because you think about flexibility, and it's like, that's the ultimate. Like, can everyone do the splits? And anybody, you know, there are um, conditions that may limit individuals um, in obtaining a full split. But I think it comes back around to like having better standards of what in between um, milestones are for flexibility training. So that's where a lot of people get lost is, um, you know, if, if you want to get a flexible or move better, you think that like training for the splits is going to be like the sole thing that will do that for you because there's not really much in between that shows you uh, what kind of progress would need to be made to showcase uh, improvements in your flexibility. So that's been one of the primary things I've been trying to do with range of strength is showcase these I call them just different milestones on your flexibility journey. So um, from the basics to, I call it becoming a graduate student in training flexibility to then the feats of range. And the feats of range are like, you know, full splits, full back bends and things like that, which is a decision that you kind of need to make for yourself when you get to that point. You're like, oh, I've, I've obtained this certain level of flexibility. And now do I want to go for the splits because that's a bit of a different practice and it's going to require quite a, a different mindset. Um, or have we obtained a, a level of flexibility where we understand um, we've hit these certain markers of uh, demonstrations in our range that allow us to do a lot of the things that we want to do better. And that's what I try to outline more for people is, you know, can anyone be flexible? Yes. Can anyone do the splits? Well, it depends, right? Like there's certain, you know, conditions that may limit someone from being able to do that, but they can make a lot of progress in the splits. And if individuals better understand the foundations of what involves training for a split, they can make great improvements in their hip flexors and their hamstrings and their adductors, things like that. So that's kind of how I like to present things is like this position has all of these different kind of freedoms available to you if you better understand them and in in its totality i mean really becoming able to do a split is is something that not all of us need to to achieve correct i mean flexibility i mean we become flexible without be, be doing the splits and we're still flexible enough to be able to do our daily activities and stay healthy correct oh yeah for sure and, I, and that's and that's where I think a lot of the gray areas for people is like, they don't know what those markers of how I've improved my flexibility are. And it's pretty basic, you know, like measuring degrees and angles of uh, 
joint range of motion through practice of a fitness program that's flexibility focused and strength focused or whatnot. But, you know, as a coach, like that is your role, regardless of what kind of program you're delivering is to say, you know, this is where we're going to start and we're going to measure the success of how it's working through if it's flexibility, measuring joint angles and range of motion improvements. Um, so, you know, those I think are the things that people that want to improve flexibility and range of movement, they just need those things outlined better because the things that are thrown in your face when you, you search up fitness or what fitness should be are, you know, very extreme things, you know, extreme um, bodybuilding type work or extreme levels of strength. It becomes very overwhelming uh, for individuals to just have those things more clearly laid out. Like, how do I improve where I'm at? <laughs> where am I starting yeah and usually like what are those first what are those first steps what where, where does someone start I mean I'm actually I'm I'm personally trying to get to the front side splits and that's that's where that's a goal of mine I haven't reached it yet but I'm getting closer and closer thanks to, to, to your help and other people's help but what are those what are those first steps where where do people start if they're just looking to start because I mean, I, the more, the more I learn, the more I read about this stuff, it's, it's, it's not just strength and it's not just flexibility, it's strength at the end range. That's what we're trying to look for. I mean, so we'd be able to be able to reach that end range, but also be strong at that end range. So how do people start and then eventually hopefully get to that point where their, their strength is strong at the end range of motion? Well, first and foremost, you need to understand have a stretch and that's just something that hasn't been taken seriously enough um at a global level like you know stretching is just looked upon in like the yoga world or this this something that's just very tertiary but stretching itself is a form of strength training people don't grasp that when you're in a stretched position you're under isometric contraction and you can create isometric contraction so it's really the most introductory form of end range strength training so for example if um, we put ourselves in a basic standard couch stretch which is you know uh, knee flexion up against the wall we're trying to stretch our quads and hip flexors better understanding the degree to which we can get into that position and then creating isometric contractions it, it ends up becoming a strength exercise in itself right and like that's really like isometrics, I guess, is where you could really uh, start with all of this is just understanding what's happening in a stretch in the form of isometric strength training and how you kind of move yourself along the line from practicing that. How should you practice that and organize that? Because the other thing, too, is knowing that it is a form of strength training. And once you start pairing that with other movements, and um, it's a it needs recovery. So a lot of individuals will stretch every day. I stretch every day and I'm not improving. Well, if I strength trained every day, I wouldn't improve much either. Like if I, if I strength train the same muscle groups and you know worked at a certain intensity every single day, or if I didn't understand how to move into a threshold of that practice, like say if I did 50 pound bicep curls every single day, you know, my biceps are only going to stay at 50 pounds of strength. Right? Like, so it's not understanding that progressive model and stretching either. 
So that is where it really begins with all students. And some people, I mean, you, you see the sexy stuff and like the end range strength message is often delivered with Jefferson curls and like loaded stretches and it looks badass. <laughs> right? So the thing for me is oftentimes, you know, sometimes people are have these great expectations and the expectation is there if you really spend time trying to understand it. Um, but it's at the start, it's like, you need to know how to stretch. Like you really need to understand stretch position and, and ranges isometrically before we start loading them up and getting really fancy with them. Um, so that's where I think it really begins for a lot of people. And in my experience, the large majority really don't understand stretching. And can we go back just a little bit? And can you explain what is isometric strength training? I imagine many people that are listening don't understand what that is. So we can kind of, can you kind of explain what that is? Isometric strength training. And I, I think that's awesome. And that, that, that's beautiful wording because yeah, uh, I love, because I believe strength training is so important, but if we can turn that into our stretching routine also, I mean, beautiful. Yeah. So an isometric uh, strength exercise is basically putting uh, muscle tissue under load without moving it. So a very easy example of this would be like a wall sit against the wall. You sit against the wall and you're frozen in this squat position and it forces your leg muscles to contract and hold you in that position. So they're working isometrically. Isometric training is great at a, a rehabilitative level because it really controls positions and allows people to understand my muscle connections to these exercises. And that's basically what we're doing in stretch positions as well. It's like we're getting into a stretch. We're learning how to contract the tissue on both sides of the joint, the lengthened side and the shortening side, which is super important because the shortening muscles actually pull you into the stretch. So that as you get uh, deeper into flexibility training becomes more of the heavier focus, when you understand stretching, it becomes more about strengthening the closing side or shortening side of the joint, because ultimately that's what's gonna pull you and apply strength moving into a position. Um, yeah, that, that would be a, a pretty basic summary of the isometric work. So just imagine, yeah, even if you're holding a weight, so even, you know, I'm just holding a weight in a mid-range bicep position, muscles are working isometrically to hold that weight. So it's under load, it's doing work, but it's not moving. Perfect. And yeah, that's a great explanation. Um, I kind of want to move into what I really love is the spine. Um, I want to, I want to, so how do we, how do, how do we make sure our spine is as flexible as possible and as strong as possible. The musculature that's around it. Can we kind of go? Can we kind of dive into the spine and take the time that we have available left to, to really dive deep into the spine and how we can? Because that's something that's uh, it's super important to me in my life. So, <laughs> and it's so it's probably going to help me more than anyone else. But hopefully, when it's helping me, it helps the listener also understand the importance of the spine and how we can strengthen the spine through stretching the spine. So, can we kind of? what's what's some beginning stretches for the spine for you i mean how what are some beginning what, what are some things we can do to strengthen the spine gonna uh and we can kind of go from there yeah what i really like what you just said uh within the wording there was the musculature around the spine so yes the spine is built to move the spine is built to 
flex and extend and laterally flex and rotate and all these beautiful movements. But the musculature development around the spine will ultimately be the limiting factor there in most cases. So I take quite a similar approach to the stretching um, aspect of the spine in that one of the big ones for me is the trunk flexibility. So the flexibility of your abdominal wall, like maybe it's probably just like, you know, the modern society of like how we live and train and do things. We don't, most people don't know how to lengthen the abdominal wall or um, that, uh, I guess, training idea or concept of like, don't flex your spine or don't move your spine too far has so many people working in this flexed state all the time with their abs and their trunk training that there's just no extension available so again that same process where we're talking about stretching is like okay we now need to understand how to stretch the abdominal wall we need to isometrically spend time under there and understand how the musculature on the shortening side of the extension so the erectors and the director spine and the qls and everything are actually actively working to lengthen the abdominal wall. And that's really the starting point for me in, uh, with all students in development of spine movement is trying to find length through the trunk, the uh, obliques moving laterally. So now we're working on lateral flexion and what degree are we improving the length of the obliques? How strong is the shortening side to lateral flexion and how well is that pulling us into there? So. Yeah, I think that's a more simplistic thought process to approach in training your spine and getting your spine to move better because most of us are really stuck in a inflection and in this like closed um, trunk state. So flexion's good and people love seeing Jefferson curls because it just looks badass. The spine is, you know, moving through flexion. But my starting points usually focus a lot more heavily on extension because that's where the flexibility is limited the most. And once you carry and open up that side, we create this nice balance where then spinal flexion improves so much because it now has this capacity to like access all this range on the front and we're able to like just move better. And, so that's it. And I remember in when I was in, in college, I remember learning about those things, yeah less extension and then and i was one of those people and i had to i had to relearn that no extension is great and the more extension i mean we want as much movement as possible but I, yeah i was in that same boat for a while where i was like no you don't want to go too much extension and then i still yeah, have I, <laughs> I still have so many people come to me that that say no you're gonna get injured don't do that you're gonna injure yourself and i and and i've heard i've learned from other people i imagine you say this but, but like if you don't use it you lose it no so we need to go into that because if we don't go into that position then we're going to get injured and we see so many people get injured because they don't use it i mean so what, what would be a primary stretch for for extension for your for your for your low for your lumbar spine and your thoracic spine um so two that i really like for um like lumbar, introducing like extension through the trunk. Um, it's starting to localize more lumbar, but ultimately we're not looking to really bend the lumbar too much, but just understand how it, the whole curvature of the spine works there. But I do like just a standing uh, extension. So it's, just call it a reverse Jefferson. And anyone can practice that 
uh, it's nice to use a wall for reference. So stand facing the wall and you just think about allowing the head to move back, the shoulders to move back. And the wall is nice for reference because you can kind of like peel yourself off the wall and teach people to only move within the constraints of their ability. So then they won't go into too much um, lumbar extension because that's usually what happens. You kind of escape the wall and all of a sudden you're really bending into your back. I understand, you know, again, from the cervical spine all the way down to the lumbar spine, the, how it, it's meant to move. Um, and, I, and then I like the uh, cobra, like classic yoga position where we're lying on our stomachs and we just kind of lift ourselves up. So we're starting to understand the strength of coming up. And, um, that's a nice position to also introduce uh, on that closing side, like the, the lumbar and the QL and everything supporting us in that position, right? To be able to hold us there. Um, so along with that, yeah, I mean, those are my, my two favorite, but I do introduce people to um, back bridge as well. So um, getting into like half, like glute bridge positions, but the glute bridge position offers so much more when we start actually going into an arch. So most commonly the glute bridge is introduced very neutral. We don't want to bend the back. We want everything to be flat, where if you actually start bringing the legs in closer and experimenting with how your hips extend and actually arch you, into a bridge, then you can understand the capacity of your hip flexors and extension and, and with the, the trunk. So um, yeah, there's just a lot to explore there for individuals in terms of just learning how to understand how the spine moves first. Um, and then, yeah, you can explore hanging back bends. That's a really nice one. Like once you understand the cobra, it's like now we're gonna suspend the arms, <laughs> hang off a bar with a nice, kind of arch position. Um, and yeah, if we're gonna get into bridge training, we can start incorporating upper body shoulder flexibility in with the whole picture as well. So that's the cool thing about, I think the spine in general is like learning to bend your spine becomes this all encompassing total body movement. So yeah, now you're training your upper body, you're training your T-spine to open up, you're training your hip flexors um, and it's, a back bridge session itself it's like the ultimate um little body workout <laughs> trying to improve your, your bending click I, I remember watching you doing one of those those cobras with your arms up and then it was a it was a beautiful curve <laughs> i mean you had a, i remember going like wow that's a beautiful extended spine right there i wanted to ask you real quick too because i was i wanted to get your thoughts on it and yeah, talking about the jefferson um a lot of people say you never want to go too far in inflection too because then you can injure yourself what are your thoughts on that because i, I mean i don't me personally i don't i don't see the reasoning again i go back to if you lose it if you don't use it you lose it but what are your thoughts on the whole the, the whole flexion of the of the lumbar spine. Well, I was a part of the, you know, industry when all of this research came out that we shouldn't flex our spine. That's how we're injuring our backs and stuff. And this is from like a lot of McGill's research with colleagues there on they were using pig cadavers and they were basically creating flexion and, and controlling um, you know what was happening uh, with so many um bouts of stress put on the spine inflection so <laughs> yeah like the fitness industry just went crazy on that and all of a sudden everyone was bubble wrapping the spine 
And the reality is we're spending all this time avoiding flexion, but we're always in flexion. And like, it's a resting state for the human body. So we're trying to take away our resting ability, like don't flex your spine. So people aren't even able to just sit in the chair, or sit on the floor without feeling like they're going to hurt themselves. And we did a lot, I think the industry did a lot more harm than good when that happened. And I saw it myself as a coach, people with messed up backs were coming in and they were, they move with so much excessive extension in uh, hip dominant, knee dominant movements because they're trying to protect their back. But what's happening is they're actually blocking their capacity to move their hips because they're creating such a big excessive arching pattern and they're trying not to flex. So no, I think we need to, and it's, you know, it's getting to a state where that's becoming uh, a norm now, flexing the spine is normal. Um, but we need to revisit that and we need to just ensure that the whole world knows it's okay to flex your spine. And a lot of the activities that you're going to do in life, some sports themselves are just completely um, executed in flexion. So look at cyclists, speed skaters, <laughs> you know, like if we're trying to tell them not to flex their spine, they won't be able to do their sport. <laughs> you know? So um, yeah, you, you can flex your spine. Um, it has to be progressed just like anything. Uh, the tissue around the spine is adaptable. Um, and we just got to treat it the same way we would treat anything else. The only harm in that is the excitement of flexing the spine and seeing cool things like you would with any other exercises that you may just start um, at a more advanced thing position or heavier Jefferson curl than you should be. And you may hurt yourself the same way you would hurt yourself if you loaded up a squat bar and tried to squat too much weight before understanding how to squat. Right. So, yeah, I think uh, the industry went a little chaotic when all of that research came out years ago and some good things did come out of, you know, training the trunk and the core and stability, those kind of things. But ultimately, it should have stayed more true to like the all encompassing approach. This is trunk stability. This is spine flexion. This is how you bring them together. Cool. And so going going back to that that bridge the so the back bridge i mean that i mean that is it's a beautiful i mean it's, it's beautiful and i i think the majority of people that i know can't do it very few people can actually do it and it's to me personally if i believe it should it's a natural movement that we should be able to do all of us but most of us have lost it um what do you what are your thoughts on that just just a question how long do you, do you think as a human we should be able to maintain that position well, once you get it, most of these positions and these uh, feats of flexibility, like once you've trained it and, and gotten yourself to a pretty good level and a level of understanding, it's just like riding a bike. You can go back to it and it'll just be easy because you know, and easy in terms of like, maybe you won't have your best bridge, but you'll be able to return back to form quite quickly because you understand the process of training it where, you know, at the start, it's so frustrating, just like any practice, trying to build muscle, super frustrating because you don't see results right away, right? So you have to put months and months and years in of practice to try to build muscle. Same way as building flexibility. You have to come to the realization that it's gonna take you months and months of training and getting yourself to a level of understanding 
and then you can work on your strengths. And for the most part, you won't keep, or sorry, you won't lose that because it's, again, the body has developed this understanding of what's required to accomplish that. So muscles may get weak if you're not training it a little bit, but they'll come back a lot quicker than before. So for the most part, and in my own experience as well, the level of flexibility I've spent, you know, developing over the last decade in my own body, I've had periods where I've gone in and out of it <clears throat> and I've maintained splits quite easily. Like, so I can go back into strength training and come back and like my splits are pretty much still there. Just need to put a little bit of time in, whereas it took me years to obtain. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh yeah, I know exactly. I've, I've been, I've been trying to get into the splits for the last 10 months. Yeah. I'm <laughs> it's, it's coming slowly, but surely, but that's the way it should be. That's how we work. That's how we adapt is slowly, but surely. And so, so I know exactly where, where you're coming from and I'm still in that, I'm still in that, in that phase of, seek you do it and like wow that's gonna be nice when i finally get there <laughs> yeah, yeah and it's, it's nice when you see it pay off for someone who sticks with it um uh that's really what it does come down to in the end is like do you have the um mental strength and the grit to keep practicing it when there'll be months where you don't make progress so it's you know it's very frustrating you're devoting 30 minutes plus to this practice one to two times a week and yeah, there will be months where you don't see progress. <laughs> so it's like you just keep turning up and you keep doing it and you're like, man, this is not, you know, so you troubleshoot a little bit, you think outside the box. Um, um, maybe you try a few different things, but you're still coming back to the fact that you just have to keep practicing and allowing the body to adapt better. That's what I love. I mean, that's what our, that's what our bodies do. Our bodies either maintain or they adapt. I mean, if we're not adapting, we're maintaining. And if we're adapting, we'll eventually, well, if we're adapting to good things, we'll eventually reach it. And if we're adapting to bad things, we'll eventually get sick. <laughs> but 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 it's it's beautiful. Our bodies are incredible, wonderful, um, wonderful. Uh, we can't call them machines, but they're, they're so, they're so miraculous that, that they'll, they'll pretty much adapt to anything. It's such, it's such a beautiful, it, that's why I love what I do because I get to see patients progress over time um, and just see how their bodies all by themselves. It's not like I'm giving you something to do. I'm just facilitating what you already, what your body already knows yeah. how to do and how it, and how it reaches that goal. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And I, so, yeah. so, and, and I think strength training and an, and an increasing range of motion are, are the two of those things where people can really see and really see how, how progress and how, how good it feels to be able to do those things. And I just started, I started training jujitsu about four months ago. Yeah. And I know exactly what it feels like to start out at zero and know absolutely nothing and <laughs> just get beat down over and over again. So, and, and of course, like a lot of people, that's how they start out with strength, with range of motion and strength training, because they haven't done it for so long. It's almost like starting at zero. So just keep yeah. pushing, just keep pushing through. Yeah, and I think that's where individuals who become so heavily dedicated to strength training like I was uh, lose sight of that when it comes to flexibility training and, and forget what it was like to be a beginner in strength training and turning up every day and you got, you're trying to get calluses developed on your back from holding a bar and you're in pain from just holding a bar. <laughs> you know, like you're, so I think that's, you got to put yourself back into that beginner mindset 
and know that it's going to take a while and that's usually the hardest part for most people is just you know you spend time getting really good at maybe strength training or something else but you know you need to get better flexibility but you have to start from ground zero and you have to learn how to stretch and to me it keeps uh, to me flexibility is becoming so much more important i was i was more of before too i was just more in strength but the more I, I learn, the more I realize that flexibility and strength at end range is, is so incredibly important if we want to be, if we want to really enjoy life and be able to do our normal activities, activities of day living as, as, we, as, we, as we grow older. It's just so important to keep that. I've noticed that as my patients get older, if they stop moving at that end range, pain comes a lot faster. And if they can keep that end range of motion, I'm not, not even just keep the end range. Uh, the pain is, is a lot less or non-existent. It's, it's when we stop using that end range is where I, I see that a lot of people start to experience more pain. I don't know if that's, if that's how it works for you too. Is that what you see? Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, like some, someone doesn't understand how to get, um, you know, the strength and again, what'll happen when you start stretching is you put yourself into this new range of motion and then it goes away. And then you're like, well, I'm not, I'm not there anymore. I can't access that regularly. It's like, because you have to keep doing it. Um, so the more that we keep coming and turning up and getting ourselves into a new range, applying isometric strength training in our stretch position, laying down new tissue then the body adapts to this new range and then you can lift your arm and shoulder back further than you have before so yeah i think it's just being sure that you can relay that message to somebody and you know that's one of the myths of flexibility training is that it's a temporary thing well anything everything's temporary like i can squat maybe 300 pounds today but i won't be able to tomorrow probably because i haven't rested and adapted i need to build back up and flexibility training is the same you can open up and get into these ranges when you're training then the body closes up a little bit for you so that you can recover and adapt and this is why aggressive stretching every day is not recommended most people try to really break the ice by stretching really hard every day um, and the body just keeps closing off on them so it's that again guidance and counseling that you know you got to rest and recover and you have to make sure you're working to the threshold when you train Awesome. And one, if you, if you could give one exercise to help with, with strength in the spine, what, what would be that? What would be that one? I know you talked about the bridges and how it was the back bridge, but one other exercise that helps quite a bit in, in strengthening the spine, what would, what would be a, a good, a good exercise? Um, most people can do um, the standing reverse Jefferson curl. So in my experience, that's like a really good ground zero um, thing to start doing because we're strengthening the spine. You're learning how, again, like I was saying to you before, it's usually extension that's the most limited when you get into addressing the capacity of the spine and flexion is actually usually really good because we're always in that state anyway. So I think that's just very accessible because you get to think about the accessibility of exercise and understanding that's usually one of the easiest things that I could recommend if someone's listening and they actually want to understand how easy it is to start opening up your spine, stand against the wall and think about peeling to a point where you can control the orientation of your spine and extension and coming back. So it's kind of like an ab 
crunch in a way, or just an extension. Um, but that one usually offers a lot to individuals that are just not in extension and not used to opening up the trunk in that range. And they're able to really uh, articulate it and control it and make sense of it. I think that's the most important thing is like the Cobra is good, but the Cobra for the most part at that starting uh, entry level kind of time for someone, it's harder to understand how we're pulling ourselves into that position. So it's like, yeah, I can get down here and bend my back, but what's the strength that we need to bend the back? I think that's where the standing wall peel or a reverse Jefferson curl can offer someone just so much. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's stretching in and strengthening at the same time. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah. I totally, that's, and that's, that's awesome. So I appreciate that. Well, I mean, I've had a great time. I mean, I love talking about this stuff. I love talking about this stuff. Movement has become such an important part of my life in these last couple, most importantly, this last year, I've always moved, but this last year, moving at end range with weight has become something that's really important. Get to know you and some other people that have been doing these things. So it's, it's just a pleasure to be able to, to, to learn from you. Um, where, where can people find more about you, Lucas? Um, my social media platforms are the busier um, ones that you can access and see a lot of my content. So Instagram, at Range of Strength. Um, it's on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, all those things. I have a YouTube channel, Range of Strength, where I showcase some tutorials on, and just learning some of these really basic things. Um, and rangeofstrength.ca is my website. You can see more about like services I provide and help people with. Again, thanks a ton for coming on, Lucas. It was a pleasure chatting with you. I learned, so I love learning. So if I'm learning, I know my listeners are learning. So again, thanks again for coming on and, and we'll have to continue this some other time because this is great. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on. I sure hope you enjoyed that episode with Lucas as much as I did. Remember, this is a grassroots movement. This grows because we get the word out one person at a time. And the, one of the best ways to get the word out is to leave a review of the podcast. If you haven't left a review on the podcast, go to iTunes, type in the Wellness Farmer Podcast, or you can go to my webpage, pastorswetherthefarm.com, and click on the podcast button. It'll take you to the show at the very bottom. You can rate and review the show. This is how we get the word out. This is how we grow. This is how we help people become who they know they should be physically and mentally and emotionally. Don't forget to join my email list so you never miss an episode. And by doing just that, you also get my book, Earth and Us, Heal Naturally, absolutely free. So go to my webpage, pastorswetherthefarm.com, and get that free book by joining my email list. Also, buying my books, the ones that you can get on Amazon or my webpage for yourself or for others, is a great way to support me and get the word out also. Playing in the Dirt, The Four Pillars of Health, and a short ebook that I have on my webpage, e uh, Mental, well Mel Mental Well-Being Made Simple. You can get these. And to make it even easier, if you buy more than one book on my, web on my webpage, I am going to give you a discount. If you use the word gift on my webpage, you get a discount. You get about a 30% discount on my books. And finally, join my membership where we go so much more deeper into how we bring the garden and our connection to nature and earth into the forefront of our journey for greater health and well-being. The price is incredibly reduced, but starting January 31st, the price will be going up to 30 bucks. So right now you're getting 50% off the discount that will be locked in for life. So go to pastelswetherthisfarm.com slash subscription and let's start 
this journey together.